Hello and welcome back to the Create Me podcast. I am back with a whole new series of really interesting conversations. It's been a while. It's definitely been a minute. But yeah, um, really looking forward to kind of getting into the swing of things again. Um, back with a new episode, episode 114. Why did I say that? It's 114. It's with author and award-winning journalist Tasnim Nazir. Um, really cool conversation. I really enjoyed catching up with Tasnim. Um, connected with her back in 2020. And yeah, we kind of get into a lot of really kind of like interesting kind of topics during our conversation. Um, yeah, I'm just going to let the episode just play with the intro. And as usual, I'll catch you in the end. All right, see you in a bit. Hello and welcome back to the Creative Me podcast. It's been a while. Um, last episode was 133 with Matt Hickman, Brown Bear, back in May, I think. But we're back with a new run of episodes. I'm really excited to kind of get in today's um, conversation. It's with journalist and author Tasnim Nazir. Um, how are you doing, Tasmin? Oh, fine. Thank you, Aika. How are you? Good, good. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast and being obviously, yeah, the first guest for this new series of um, conversations. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, no, it's great to have you um, here on the podcast. I know we've kind of connected with each other back in 2020. So I'm sure we kind of touch on that um, during the conversation. But um, Tasnim, just for the listeners, could you give them a little kind of brief overview of actually how this all started for you? Yeah, well, um, I'm a journalist and a reporter, so I always wanted to do something in broadcasting. Um, and I'm based in Scotland uh, at the moment, so I found it, you know, really quite difficult to progress. I would say, um, you know, because I'm a visibly Muslim woman who wears the headscarf as well, and I, I was always faced with certain challenges. Like I was once told to remove my headscarf if I wanted to go into broadcasting in Scotland but um you know luckily for me I overcame those challenges and I started a petition for on change.org to call for um the combating of racism and discrimination mm-hmm. um in the media because I think it is prevalent and a lot of people don't talk about it and sweep it under the carpet but it is something that still happens today and unless we actually open dialogue and speak about our lived experiences people don't know what's going on I mean I was lucky enough to get an opportunity to you know fulfill my goals in broadcasting with STV but I mean you know it is very it really does impact you when somebody questions your identity and questions your right to be in a certain position Mm -hmm. I can imagine, yeah, I can imagine that being very kind of like challenging because obviously you mentioned obviously, you know, visibly, you know, you wear um, a hijab and and I guess that um, you didn't study in Scotland. No, no, no. I was actually born in London uh, in a very diverse area called Harrow. And, um, you know, I, I never really felt racism growing up, mm. you know, it was very multicultural and we all got along really well. And then when I went, when I moved to Scotland was actually 10 years ago for my husband's work. And I was initially in a rural part of, of Scotland and there I was the only person of color, um, who was, you know, taking my children to school. I was, um, really looked at strangely, you know, like really felt like I was the other, um, 
you know, my children would never get included at any of the birthday parties and they would come home crying oh. because it wasn't the actual children, it was their parents yeah. who wouldn't allow them to be invited because I was a Muslim and there's so many misconceptions. And and again, only the only person of colour. So, yeah, it was hard. I mean, when I moved to Glasgow, um, it was, yeah, better. It was more diverse, but I did face um, Islamophobia and racism, mm. you know, on a... On, a very regular basis initially um and it's just really made me think about having to build a network having to keep strong and and really open up dialogue to speak about these issues as well because it affects so many parts of society it affects people in the workplace with relationships with you know just even trying to progress and get through those glass ceilings that many people of color like myself have faced and continue to face mm -hmm. which so it's it, it is really it's really something that i'm passionate about talking about and wanting to do more yeah you, you know you touched on quite a few um things there and you know you mentioned about the I was, you know, within kind of like media and journalism, the issues around kind of like racism. Obviously, I'm not expecting you to kind of like, you know, um, give kind of examples, kind of imagine that can be quite kind of triggering. But like over the kind of past few years, have you seen any kind of positive movement or change going in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, I think that there has been more effort to bring in you know all types of people you know on screen for example within the media mm. industry and there there's been initiatives by some major media organizations to do this but um you know Ica, to be really honest with you i still think there's a lot more that needs to be done i no. think people need to look past the color of one's skin and take people on their abilities and their talents you know we shouldn't have to have these kind of diversity and, and inclusion policies because we've reached a stage where you know there is white privilege in media organizations and you know many people of color feel that they don't get the same equal opportunities as their um, white colleagues and that's a really sad place to be in and I think you know people should just be taken on for the talent for the hard work for the for what they can bring to the table yeah but you know in reality it's not so easy, um, you know, this is not the world that we live in and it's really unfortunate. It does break my heart that this is what we do have to face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, I guess like how we kind of connected in like 2020 that, you know, you got in touch with me via um, my organisation, We Are Here Scotland, and, you know, you was writing an, an article about racial gaslighting, which I think for a lot of non-black and non-people of colour, it was kind of like almost like a revelation a bit, you know, of actually that this yeah. this actually exists as well. And I think it was like it was it was BBC Radio Scotland, wasn't it? Um, the interview. Yeah, yeah, it was BBC Three. Yeah, okay. and um, you know, it, it it is it is a very you know, it's a subject that gets dismissed a lot because people don't think racial gaslighting happens. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people don't understand how uh, racism can be gaslighted or the, the terminology of racial gaslighting, which is essentially to dismiss the lived experiences of racism from people who are people of colour, you know, um, who talk about their own lived experiences, but are not 
either believed or there's deliberate dismissal of that lived experience mm-hmm. to undermine them. And uh, so it was really great uh, talking to you actually about your own experiences and your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you getting in touch on that. I think it's about like, I think, you know, just from your kind of approach, it was like, right, this is someone I feel like who kind of understand and gets some of my lived experience. And you made it kind of very comfortable and allowed me to kind of just say, oh, look, these are my thoughts or these like, this is what I've kind of experienced. And it wasn't like manipulated or changed in any way. So it was just kind of like, okay, this is someone that's really passionate about their job and, you know, and the stories that they know that she wants to kind of share. I want to kind of go back to um, obviously like kind of like early kind of kind of like parts in your life when you decided actually I'm quite interested in being a writer and a journalist like where do you think that kind of came from for you yeah I mean from a young age it sounds so cliche Mm. but I actually really did enjoy writing and talking to people and uh, the passion for journalism actually came when I visited Sri Lanka because my parents are from Sri Lanka And it was during the time of the tsunami where um, the government was not giving aid to the people who had lost all their homes and livelihood. And so I filmed them and I tried to share their voices. And that really kind of spurred me on to want to help people through journalism, want to give people that platform to share their voice and generally uh, be of some help, whether that's a report that could create some policy change. But Everything I do within journalism, I always want it to um, be with the um, kind of, I I always want it to make an impact or help somebody or give them that voice. Where many platforms, as you said, there are many, um, you know, platforms or journalists who might change the rhetoric or change the meaning of what certain people say. And I believe that's just cheating people and it's not right yeah so I kind of work work very ethically as well and have those kind of values that I really generally want to share people's experiences and thoughts and open up different perspectives as well yeah Uh, yeah I think that's this is so important to kind of like and I think like you know we've definitely seen over the years I think even this literally today I've seen about actually um one of the kind of like press and papers or media kind of groups being sued by a number of people um, in the public's kind of sphere, um, even like Stephen Lawrence, um, his mother as well, because obviously like all people like um, tracking, bugging, legal kind of like, you know, wiretaps and stuff. It's something sounds like, it sounds so surreal, like like a Hollywood kind of film, but these things have been happening with, yeah. you know, from journalists or like private investigators. So I think it's very kind of like important to kind of like, you know, maintain that integrity and kind of like, you know, be an advocate for supporting people, trying to help people, but also telling the truth. And that's what I think we've seen over the past few years, like the manipulation of stories within the press or like that terminology of fake news, just to not kind of answer, like, you know, it, it was almost kind of like, you know, reality and facts now, or and what's not reality is just kind of become so enmeshed, if that makes sense what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. That's one of the reasons why many people, there's a real mistrust around uh, journalists sometimes as well. Not many people want to open up to certain journalists because they are, they do have that genuine fear that what they say may get misconstrued. And, and as you said, you know, the fake news element of things as well. There's a lot of 
disinformation and misinformation going on um, that's shared around social media. But I think it's completely unacceptable to, you know, as a journalist, bug somebody's phone or intrude their, on their privacy and report. Uh, it's not the way I work one thing and it's not the way I know many journalists who who would never even dream of doing that but I think the ones who do they've really lost the plot to be honest mm. because you know it, you've got to really think about these are people's lives you know when you report something you that comes with a responsibility absolutely and I really take that responsibility really seriously but I can understand why many people nowadays do have that level of mistrust and, um, you know, I don't blame them. I, I really don't because sometimes you just don't know. I, I know of cases where there have been people who have spoken to a journalist and the whole thing of what they said was totally f- switched and it, it, it didn't have the same meaning that they wanted to express. So, you know, sometimes uh, you feel you could trust certain journalists who have some shared lived experiences or who perhaps uh, belong to a certain community who understand where you're coming from as well. And I think uh, one of the reasons why I kind of get to a lot of underrepresented communities as well is because they know that throughout my career, I always try to really accurately represent what they want to get across. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that is so, you know, so important as well. Like, you know, we kind of touched on that a bit earlier about that kind of need to see that, you know, representation you know, in just different facets of life and in like society. But even like, you know, for yourself, like you was like, you know, back in July 2020, you was the first um, reporter wearing a hijab for like on TV. And I, I was looking online, I was thinking that that can't be right. But yeah, tell us how that kind of all came about. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked myself. I thought that there would be more, uh, well, there would be other hijab wearing journalists in Scotland for example who've been on TV but apparently not and uh, it was somebody who I was speaking to within the media said you know we've not seen um, you know someone of colour with a hijab actually reporting on screen they've not done that before and and I actually felt really sad mm-hmm. Ica, you know yeah. because it didn't you know there was this kind of thing where yeah okay it, it, it in a sense of achievement it was breaking through the glass ceiling and I was happy to have done that but just only not because of myself you know I, I I don't I for me I think I'm a nobody you know what I mean I don't it's not because of me but it's just for others because I want other uh women mm-hmm. you know whatever their identity is um whatever their beliefs are to feel that they can do you know they have the right to be in a certain position and nobody can tell them that otherwise so I was happy on that account but it also made me really sad that it was 2020 and still, you know, we haven't really progressed within the media landscape. Yeah. Yeah. And when I read that, you know, obviously there's that, first of all, that bit of like disbelief, but also kind of recognizing that in terms of actually, you know, it's a kind of like a reality check in terms of actually um, progression within Scotland in terms of actually um, things moving forward. You, You know, you like to think, I guess like, we can all be in our kind of little collective bubbles of like like-minded um, kind of like friends and allies or people that look like us. But, you know, you go further afield, you look at, you know, or you kind of like expand that bubble a bit further, you realize that there's still so many kind of challenges that have not even been addressed yet. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, 
you know what's really sad is there are still many people of colour who work in the media in Scotland specifically who have spoken to me about the challenges they face and who know, we all know that there's certain organisations in Scotland who will not let us progress, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Whatever we do, whether you have the skill set, there's there's always going to be that barrier, even though they say, we're good, we've got this diversity uh, policy and, yeah, we want to take, you know, more diverse uh, talent on, but it doesn't happen. It's yeah. just all hearsay and it's so frustrating. Um, even if you say, look, I've got all the skills, let me prove myself, you won't be given a chance. I, I remember, I'm, I'm not going to name the media organisation, but yeah. asking for a, just a chance to have work experience, to, to shadow someone, and I wasn't given that chance. I was I was told, well, you've got to work all your way up for the bottom. It doesn't matter about what experience you have. And I was willing to do that, and they still didn't want me to have a chance. So it's, it's so hard. And then I'm not the only one. There's so many people like that who are who actually just feel have left the media industry for example and, okay. and other industries as well mm-hmm. oh no yeah i definitely kind of noticed that as well it's almost like they're effectively um we have to kind of start at a certain level and also we have to kind of prove ourselves or go through like oh jump over the hurdles and do so many kind of different things just to get something up and running, you know, just to get something started. It's not even like a yeah. a thing of oh, you you you've been commissioned to do like two or three series or 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 something. It's just like okay, we'll do like a little pilot yeah. thing, and then even to kind of get to that level. I think I think as well, people don't really kind of understand that there's so many there's so many conversations upon conversations i know like back in 2020 i had an opportunity to um pitch um a podcast to a well-known broadcaster um and it's kind of funny because like myself and another black female um artist and creative and it was obviously the two producers who were working with they were white and they worked within this kind of organ institution and you know it's just kind of like you don't really get our lived experience of where we're kind of coming from but it's just kind of like, you know, the whole kind of process. Like, I think we probably had like between five and seven video calls and being like, okay, we came back with this idea, but they're not really kind of then, you know, like, you know, like, oh, the manager's not really kind of like, or the boss is not really kind of like seeing how this would kind of work. So it's almost kind of like, I feel like, you know, we're kind of elevated or given these opportunities when they feel like, oh, what can we kind of get out of this out of a commodity um, a bit to some degree. Yeah. I, don't, I, you know, I don't think it's sometimes there's genuine people, genuine allies who want to kind of change the narrative and push things kind of forward. But I always feel like there's that kind of bit of, oh, well, we've ticked, like, you know, you mentioned, like, you no, know, we've got this diversity inclusion thing, so we've ticked that. And, I've, and, and unfortunately, I've seen that a lot over the past um two years like I said to you off mic before we recorded um that it's almost like you know I will say this is like my kind of saying that everyone's gone back to the default settings so for me and I think for yourself as well probably you know correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like you know um one of my friends always says like you know be the change you want to see so I think like you know you're obviously doing that you know through your career and you mentioned also you know like you know you want to be in that position to almost kind of like inspire other, you know, young, even females, um, you know, of color to be like, oh, look, I'm doing this. So there is an avenue, there is a route. It might not be that straightforward route in comparison to your white peers, but there is a process that, you know, this can happen for you too. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Ika. I, I totally agree with you. And I really relate to some of your own experiences as well. And, and, and that's absolutely what it is. It's just about uh, giving people that hope as well that we can achieve. And sometimes it's it's hard, though. It, uh, also addressing the challenges, because when it happened that, you know, it was in the media that I was kind of like the first hijabi uh, team mm. reporter in Scotland, a lot of people actually contacted me to talk about the challenges and I really felt that that needed to be spoken about more than, you know, this kind of alleged <laughs> achievement or breaking of the glass barrier because mm-hmm. um, I just really felt that things have got to change. We've got a point where I've got to start something, which is why I, I did that petition and I even spoke to Ofcom about it saying that, okay. you know, what is can Ofcom do anything as well to speak to media regulators as and you know media organizations in general to open up um you know to change things and have people of color who are in higher positions to make those key decisions because what we find is that you know many people who are right at the top they're the decision makers about who you see in certain roles within the media and if the people at the top do not understand us or do not you know, or it's not representative of the society that we live in. And, and you know, it, it's not going to, no one's going to give us a chance and things are not going to change. And unfortunately, um, that change is still needed. We still need to see, you know, all types of people who are who are leading at the top, mm-hmm. um, you know, in order for things to change within the media landscape. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think for me, my kind of actually this kind of motto to myself is actually about just creating our own spaces. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's like being like something actually kind of like being like div- divisionary at all, but it's about that's just the needs that the, that's just, that's being presented to us. So out of this really kind of challenging situation, what are we going to do? And for me, it's about just creating our own space and then if people want to kind of like catch up and be like, oh, that's really cool. Maybe we can do work together. It's for me, it's also about, okay, cool. But what is like your like anti-racism kind of policies and stuff like that? You know, it's not just kind of just jumping at a chance just to yeah. be, get a seat at the table, um, you know, as well. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I wanted to kind of like um, touch on as well is just like over the years, obviously, you know, you quite a kind of interesting, very kind of career, but what have been some of the kind of most kind of valuable lessons you've learned like in your career so far? I think it's, um, you know, putting in that hard work and persistence. Mm-hmm. I think when, when people knock you down, I'm the type of person who takes on constructive criticism and always wants to improve myself. I never feel that I'm at a point where, oh, you know, I could do, you know, I know it all. Like I'm constantly trying to learn and learn from my experiences and improve. And I think mm-hmm. you get success by improving and being open to, you know, to to constructive criticism, but also you know, knowing where your strengths and weaknesses are and and keep on knocking at that door. If you've got a dream or goal, you know, if you really want to achieve something in life, you do have to put in that hard work. And it's sometimes it's harder for, for, for us than others, but it's just about keeping on and being persistent. That's one of my, you know, valuable lessons that I can impart and, and, and really working towards something like having clarity in what you want to achieve and, and kind of, identify the steps in order to achieve a certain goal and it's great if there are allies along the way but I can as you said sometimes we've got to make 
um, spaces for ourselves and opportunities for ourselves in order to further progress. And I think that that's the beauty of the world we live in today is where we can do that. We can create content, whether it's content on YouTube or or website on a website and, yeah. and share it out there as well um which is which is great mm-hmm. I, I was kind of curious as well like you know obviously like you know when your job like you know you're kind of very visible out there and you know what what's the kind of feedback being like from like friends and family in terms of yeah, i can imagine them being very proud <laughs> um you know i always wanted to make my uh my my parents proud yeah because i never felt that i was as I wasn't doing like kind of, um, you know, the conventional uh, jobs that, that were, you know, looked upon respectedly. Like, you know, it was quite new for me, somebody like me to be doing media, which mm. is respected, but they did support me. But I always wanted that just, you know, one kind of word of praise, which they did. <laughs> you know, they did they, they did say they were proud of me. So it's pretty nice. It's pretty, it's pretty, they have been really supportive when they're seeing where I'm doing work that is, you know, try to help others as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, it, it's hard sometimes, you know, to try to, I guess, you know, um, new careers like journalism, media, or some people who are going into acting and things, sometimes they're less accepted. Um, yeah. But I was lucky that my family have been really accepting now, you know. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm glad. It's probably a bit of a process, isn't it? Because I think, like, I don't know, like, I you know, obviously I don't want to compare, obviously, like, kind of, like, cultural kind of backgrounds, but it was kind of like, I know when I started kind of doing podcasting and stuff like that, and I kind of send my mum some stuff on WhatsApp and, like, press articles and stuff, yeah. but she's always kind of like, my mum's from Jamaica, she's always sort of like, um, oh, yeah, but you're not quit your job, don't have you? You're not, like, left your job because, you know, you need yeah. that security. <laughs> is that a bit, is this like, yeah, you need that security. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, mum, it's all good. I've not quit my job, but, like, this is something that's going aside, you know? So I think it's that kind of bit, like, I'm not bringing shame <laughs> upon my family, so that's all good. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, totally, totally, you know, we're holding it down and as well as doing what we want to do. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, is, it is good to, to have family support though, you know, and sometimes, you know, some people, it does take them a lot of convincing for certain careers, um, you know, to convince their family members. But, um, you know, once you get to a place where you're, you're, you're really into it, into your career, you know, they, and you, they see you happy, then they're more likely to be, you know, in support of the work we do. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think yeah, definitely. Kind of like I think once they're, I kind of think like when parents get a bit older, they get more kind of chilled and a bit more relaxed in comparison to when they're like <laughs> yeah. when you was a kid and they'll be on you all the time for like most minor kind of things. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> for one thing, I wanted to kind of ask you is like, where do you kind of think like you'd like to kind of go like with your kind of career as like a writer and a journalist? Do you ever kind of like? a set kind of list or goal like you say okay in the next kind of couple of years I want to achieve this or that yeah I mean for a long time I've, I've really wanted to do a documentary um you know like investigating issues that affect our society and really giving back to people whose stories are not often told or shown in the media um but it's been hard I've got to say I'm I've still not got there yet but I'm still trying my best to to get something and push something through. Um, but as you said, it might be just the case of uh, doing it anyway, you know, independently without having the backing of, of funding from a media organisation. And sometimes you just got to, to do that to, to get somewhere as well. 
Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. I think there's. I think I, I definitely. I'm definitely noticing that from like the younger generations. I see they're very much more switched on in terms of actually kind of just creating kind of content and you know being and and really running with it and being really quite successful, you know, with it as well. I think it's one kind of benefit I guess I see from the kind of like you know social media kind of engaged kind of age that we're in just now that people can literally just start something you know with their phone and um and I guess as well yeah. like even even for you you'll probably see that as well from like your interviews you'll probably be like, speaking to people who've documented you know things like you know on their kind of phones as well so it's, it's not like that like, anyone can be a journalist but I think even talking about social media and the phones, we're seeing so many things kind of come up now in terms of actually like, you know, corruption or like, you know, I just literally saw like last night on Newsnight about, um, I don't know if you heard about it, like the police, former police WhatsApp group and all the horrendous stuff that they were sharing within that kind of group. But it's just kind yeah, of like, because oh that God. was there, yeah. that was able to kind of be exposed, you know, so there's that kind of, you know, there's the, is that good and the bad kind of thing, but it seems like a lot of you know positives can be used in terms of actually like social media engagement and with journalism. I don't know if you've kind of found that in terms of, you know, the mix of them both or if you found it a bit kind of problematic in your career. No, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree that I think it has helped actually with, especially in terms of investigative journalism, uh, having that access to social media, you, you get to reach people you know, for all over the world as well, if you want to speak to them about anything. And also with the advancement of technology, I mean, you just mentioned about WhatsApp as well, like having those, you know, evidences as well that people could get access to. Whereas, you know, it might have been much harder if it was some kind of uh, verbal shared, you know, conversations, mm -hmm. unless you have somebody who's undercover with a camera. But yeah, you know, these kinds of things are, are really helpful for, I think, especially in terms of investigative journalism, I think it's, it's, it's really helpful. But obviously, social media, it always has its pros and cons as well. There's a yeah. lot of misinformation and disinformation, so people got to be careful with fake news and, and knowing, you know, what sources to trust and, and, you know, who not to trust. It's also, you know, easier to obtain information and, and share information through platforms, for example, such as Signal, uh, which is actually a messaging app that which is more safer to share sensitive, you know, evidences or data compared to some of the other um, uh, platforms. So I think it, it has, you know, really helped in, in terms of the investigative journalism. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's and that's kind of you know really kind of like you know good to kind of like hear, and I guess like you know even in your job, probably if you're kind of like currently working somewhere, I don't think you obviously can disclose everything. But what's kind of like some of the kind of things that projects or that you can let us know about that's kind of up and coming for you at the moment? Yeah, well, I'm uh, you know currently pursuing still freelance TV reporting, and I'm I'm also working on some investigations actually on human rights issues to do with. Uh, Uyghur Muslims uh, who are fleeing China because they're being okay. persecuted. Mm -hmm. So I'm working to investigate, you know, what's actually happening now and really expose uh, the human rights violations that are going on at the moment there. So that that's two things that I'm really just focusing on at the moment. Okay. Now, now that sounds really interesting and definitely kind of like, you know, look forward to kind of like reading them when they kind of come out and you you have also have a website as well um and so where can like the listeners kind of like check out your work like you know what's the name of your website 
Yeah, my, my website's just um, com. So, yeah, um, you know, listeners can view my work on there. I've got all links to my articles and, and TV reports as well. So and I'm happy to connect with anyone, you know, even if anybody wants to connect with, uh, you know, asking they want advice or journalism or, um, you know, I'm always somebody who likes to help others. So feel free to connect. Oh, that's brilliant. Thanks. Thanks for, you know, letting obviously the listeners know that as well. I think I think it's so important now, especially over the past kind of like I'll say two years, but the past three years is almost kind of seemed like, you know, it's I think like right now I feel like I'm kind of just kind of catching up with the whole kind of COVID kind of years and stuff like that. So it's kind of like I think even more so that a lot of people, I think, especially from the black and like, you know, POC community and also allies have been really kind of connecting with each other and like holding those kind of spaces. And I yeah. think that's so important that they would kind of, that kind of continues like um, in the years to come. But yeah. And Tasnim, I want to thank you for coming on, you know, the podcast and being the first guest in the new series of Creative Me podcast. So, you know, I really feel like I can chat to you, you know, for um, hours, you know. Um, so, yeah, like, I'll thank you. you I can't yeah yeah no it's brilliant to actually finally kind of like catch up with you i know we was kind of like corresponding with each other like you know on on social media so it's great to finally kind of you know um get a catch up with you and to speak about like you know some of the really kind of important kind of like topics and stuff that you've been up to you know um as well so like thanks again um for coming on and yeah i hope you guys enjoyed you know this conversation as well all the kind of links to tasnim's um work will be in the episode description and like she said you know you know reach out to her if you want to have a chat if you've got some kind of ideas you know for some stories you know she's definitely um very much approachable so yeah thanks again tasnim for coming on the podcast thanks so much thank you no worries so that was my conversation with Tasnim. I want to thank her for coming on the podcast and just, yeah, sharing her story with us. I really enjoyed it. So I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as well. And yeah, man, it feels good to be back. I'm not going to lie. It's definitely been a while. I think the last episode came out around May time um, earlier this year. I had a really good summer. Lots of kind of interesting kind of things I've been up to. Went on holiday. Went to the Algarve um, for the first time um back um what was that kind of mid-august there for two weeks um 23 of us um my wife and daughter and lots of other like family members on my wife's side really cool really nice time really enjoyed it beautiful weather and then obviously kind of came back to work in early september and you know if you kind of follow me and know what i kind of been doing over the years um a lot of reason why I took the break um, from Creative Me and started doing like 10 episode series runs is because I've been very busy with um, my community interest organisation We Are Here Scotland and it's been really cool to see and see like all the things that we've been up to and developments and just kind of like the progression of that organisation so yeah you know if you support you know me via you know Creative Me podcast or Big Up The Dean as well definitely check out my other projects um um, project organization um, we are here Scotland um, got a website Instagram and all the other kind of social bits and pieces so yeah I'm definitely going to be back again with a new conversation um, very soon um, don't know when um, 
should be hopefully before the end of this month. Um, and then obviously we're going into November where the podcast is going to be five years old. And again, due to all the other kind of busy kind of commitments, I have not kind of set up any kind of event or recognition of the podcast of me rambling on um, to you guys for five years. But I'm working on something hopefully it'll be really cool and hopefully you guys will enjoy it if i do end up doing it um very vague as well but um yeah guys always a pleasure to kind of you know speak of you and introduce you to a variety of interesting and you know diverse artists and creatives across scotland definitely going to be um definitely joining like a focus um on some conversations in aberdeen as well for some artists um up here that i'm really kind of keen to um speak with but yeah that's me i'm ofski and i'll see you again soon all right take care for now